0: Hi, awesomes. Welcome back to Sorta Awesome. I'm your host, Meg Teets, and welcome back to the Extra Awesome series. As you know, on the Extra Awesome series of episodes, we take a little break from our regular programming to talk to people who are doing amazing things in the world. I am so excited about this episode of Extra Awesome because I get to chat with one of our awesomes, whom I have been enjoying getting to know via Instagram, her beautiful, art, Jordan Lee Tellis. Hi, welcome to Sorta Awesome. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. So excited to get to chat with you. You were telling me before we started recording that you have been an awesome for a while. And I know that that's how we connected through the beauty and wonder of social media. Um, Yeah, we love it. Yes, it can bring so much good stuff to our lives for sure. Um, I wanted to start just like with a little bit for the awesomes. Tell us a little bit about your life. You and your husband live in Greenville, South Carolina. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Tell us about your life in Greenville before we start talking about your beautiful art.
1: Well, we love it here. Um, We both are originally from Florence, South Carolina, which is about two and a half hours south. If you've driven to Myrtle Beach, you probably drove through it. That's usually how people, people know it. Um, we actually were high school sweethearts. We knew each other as little babies. Each other's parents were Sunday school teachers before we started to talk to each other. And when he went to college, he went to Clemson and we really fell in love with the upstate and just the mountains and hiking. And so I, I went to Francis Marion. I got my degree in fine arts there in Florence. And then when we got married, we moved Um, right into Greenville, right into a little town off of it called Simpsonville, sight unseen, just based on the apartment that we found. how fun. Yeah, it was was fun to just, we looked on the map, we saw where he worked, we saw where downtown Greenville was, and we picked an apartment and ended up being a really cute little town. And I found a job at a local coffee shop which has been wonderful. And now we live in Greenville proper and we love being in the mountains and hiking. And I always wave hello to the Blue Ridge Mountains as I come over the bend in my neighborhood. I don't get sick of it because it's just so cool. Florence is so flat. It's wonderful, but we still get really pumped about
0: the mountains. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, having grown up in a completely flat prairie state, I could assure you that if I lived near the mountains, I would never, ever get tired of it. That's for sure. Yes. Every, Every time
1: on the road, we're like, oh, look, look at the mountains say
0: hi (laughs) yeah okay so like I said we're going to talk about your art and your journey to becoming an artist here in a few minutes but what are some other things that you like to do with your life I love that you work in a coffee shop as a former barista those are some of my favorite memories um, from (laughs) earlier in my life but what else do you like to do
1: I do. Well, I always joke that on my days that I'm not going into work at the coffee shop, I say, Oh, oh good. I I love a day at home where I can bake and make coffee just <laughs> like at work. Because <laughs> if I'm not painting, I really do. I love to be in the kitchen. I love to bake and to cook our dinners, to be out in the garden. I'm trying to learn to be better at that so I can grow some food for us. That's like my big goal. Um, and then at my job, I am actually a former barista there and now I bake cakes and cupcakes and I do the seasonal menu and I do social media for my work and I do gluten-free vegan food, which is not what I cook at home, but it's
0: very fun to cook at work. That's quite a promotion to go from, you know, slinging the coffee to being the baker in the shop.
1: (laughs) I would say I just hung around the kitchen and talked about the Great British Baking Show and asked questions (laughs) and brought in cookies until somebody said, hey, uh, do you want to hop in here and do this?
0: That's a great strategy. Very awesome. It works really well. (laughs) Love that. And you and I were both just talking uh, before we started recording too, that we both share a love for the movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yes. (laughs) One of my very favorite movies of my life. We were just chatting about how much we both love that movie.
1: So good. I counted to 10 and said my piece.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We could probably like off mic just say lines back and forth each we, other. Could, we don't have to watch it anymore. We just know how the movie goes. Yes, absolutely. Well, one reason I wanted to talk to you is because you are like you have made a you've built your life and your career at this moment in your life around being an artist. One of my daughters, our 13-year-old is very interested in art. She goes to a an arts magnet school and they get to choose majors even as middle schoolers. And That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, and so she chose visual arts as her major. And so she'll be in eighth grade next year. And now she's taking art for majors year three and like all of these serious art classes And she really, wow. I mean, she genuinely has innate talent that she's worked on and developed through the years. So I wanted to hear just like on a personal level, I'm so curious a little about your story. Was art something that you discovered a passion and a talent for as a child? Like, tell us the, how you came to realize, like, oh, like more, I like more than just sitting down and kind of scribbling, you know, or coloring and coloring books. Where, where was that moment for you?
1: Well, my, it was from childhood. My mom is an artist. Um, we actually went to the same school and did have one of the same professors, which was, (laughs) which was very fun. I did occasionally get called by my mom's name in class, but you know, that was fine. Um, so she, she wasn't, she's an artist, um, is still, you know, a very active artist. And I grew up learning the color wheel, primary colors, kind of all of those things that you would take in a foundations art course, maybe at the beginning of college, was just, I don't remember when I first learned them and I was always drawing and I learned very quickly to see the world through a lens of how would I draw this? What um, I'm looking for compositions in the world or even just notice, I remember noticing at a very early age, the gap between, okay, I see what's on my paper and I know it's in my head and this is not it. How do I match this up? We have this little ornament in our house at Christmas, And it's like one of those little glass ornaments. And I think we painted them when we were little. And I finally had the wherewithal a few years ago to hold it up and show my mom. I was like, okay, in my head, this was the Prince Ali parade from Aladdin. I was like... I was like, I have a very distinct memory of painting this ornament. I look back, I can see like a little beige circle and some little, I guess, streamers. And I was like, I was very frustrated that
0: that was not what was coming across on this ornament. That's like a really serious thing to pick for a Christmas ornament. That was really advanced. <laughs> I was like, we're going
1: to have people. We're going to have the genie. Like, it's all going to be here on this ornament today. And Disney movies, of course, I was super inspired by. And that was one of the first things that I started to draw. And when people ask me even, well, what's a good way to learn you know, to draw to be better at this? I always say, start drawing Disney characters because you're going to figure out what's important and what needs to be here. So I'm like, you know, rather than driving yourself crazy, maybe going straight from trying to draw a hand from life, I'm like, look at Ariel's hand. See how many lines are really there. Um, It is so great and learning how to essentialize and show expression. That's great. And I just would lose my mind, you know, watching Ariel's hair float in the water. And I just, I think that probably was the biggest thing that stoked my love of visual art was those gorgeous animated, particularly Glen Keane designed characters in Disney. I just still love
0: it so much. That is so fascinating I am not, I do not consider myself to be an artist, but even I, as a child, as a teenager watching, um, the Disney animated movies, I can remember that specific thing of, like you said, like Ariel's hair in the wind, the way (laughs) a particular character moves or, you know, even the animals to some extent, um, so fascinating to think about. And it's interesting too, I find that my twins who are eight year old, eight years old love to draw pictures of the things that they're into. And so, you know, of course, now having the internet as they have grown up with, they will be like, Google this for me so they can look at that and then, you know, start yeah. trying to... <laughs> me too. <laughs> so like your family's culture was, you know, really steeped in art. So what did that look like as a, as a, you went into like school age? Did you always know, like, I think I want to go to school for art or was that something that you kind of wrestled with if you wanted to make it more of a career path or just keep it as a hobby?
1: Yeah, well, that's actually... A really interesting question because from the time that I was very young, so in addition to being an artist, my parents were missionaries. Oh,
0: okay. We
1: lived in Belize oh, whenever wow. I was a little baby. They did a summer camp and then we moved back to the States when I was like two. And my dad kind of was like the liaison between our church and the missionaries that we had internationally. And we still would return and do to that summer camp, go and visit. Our missionaries as church leaders, so that was really what my life looked like, particularly in Central and South America. We traveled a ton. When we weren't traveling, we were doing. We were really applying art at Vacation Bible School. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like, really, it was always almost utilitarian in the way that that we used it, where which was really the best practice that, you know, it's not just simply, what do I want to paint? It's all right, we've got to turn this stage into a galaxy for creation week, go. (laughs) And that was what we were doing. And I thought for a long time, I just really kind of assumed that I was going to be more in um, international ministry Mm. first. And so I didn't start to really think until you know, later as I kind of, I was spending time considering where I might go to college and basically trying to decide if I was going to go, it came down to, was I going to go to a seminary type of school or was I going to go and get a degree in art? And um, yeah. so I, I did wrestle greatly with that. It was not until later high school that I began to really realize, you know, I think that God didn't make me this way accidentally. I think that he really has given me a passion for this And I think that it's going to get to be more than just something that I do on the side and even not, not to make it sound like this would be a lesser thing, but not even something small to sort of insert into a greater ministry, Mm. but a greater calling really, you know, through that would be the thing that I would do that my, my primary focus, you know, in in life. So that was a difficult decision to come to. And it took a lot of back and forth because in your head, I think if you're How can you be like, well, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna do the ministry thing. I'm not gonna be a missionary. I'm gonna be an artist. And I, for a long time, felt very insecure saying that to people, particularly who knew that had been my original life plan. Mm. And now it's just been confirmed time and time again that, you know, the Lord, I think, has really told me, no, I, I knew where I wanted you to be. I knew what I wanted your ministry to look like. You know, even if it wasn't going to be out on the mission field, it, it is still a valid plan and it's the one that
0: I have for you. That's so that might've been a longer answer than you were expecting. Oh, no, I love it. I love that. And I think that that is so universal, this thing of we have these gifts, everybody has something that they are born knowing how to do. It may be artistic or it may very be like, it might even be something like I'm naturally good at organizing things or I'm good at organizing people or like whatever it might be and kind of deciding like, is this what I want to actually do in my day-to-day life? Or is this just going to be, you know, my hobby or something I sprinkle into my life? And there's no wrong answer. Of course, it's really, Yeah. yeah, like you said, it's a matter of kind of looking for what the signs are. listening to that inner voice and just taking the plunge. And I really related to what you said too, that sometimes it could be hard to be like, well, I'm, I'm going to, I'm an artist. I chose, you know, to be an artist. Um, And if you have something that's kind of outside of the ordinary realm of what people choose for their careers, sometimes it can even just be hard to get used to saying that I know when I was (laughs) doing more writing before I started sort of awesome, I would, try to tell people like, "Well, I'm a writer," and I would feel like such a fraud. And they would, you know, just like nobody ever questioned me on it, but I always felt like people would be like, "Okay, oh, hey, you're a writer," but
1: <laughs> well, I feel like people are going to say, "Okay, prove it." And I'll be like,
0: ah, oh, no." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Draw something. Draw something now. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's so funny. Well, speaking of that, of of working into your day-to-day life, this thing that you've been, you you were born with this talent and you've developed it because there's a difference between kind of having that innate talent. We talk to our kids about this all the time. Like my oldest daughter is a fantastic musician and innately uh, understands things like composition and musical theory and those types of things. But she's had to work at it too, just because you're naturally yes. good at something doesn't mean it, you just can be great at it without putting in work around it. So, um, as you thought about as you were a, a kid, a teenager, getting into art school, what you thought being a working artist, what did you imagine that would look like, and then how is it different, or how is it the same as your actual reality now?
1: Yeah, well in the on the note of you know talent and work at the same time, I think depending on when it comes whenever you're a kid and you've had something particularly something artistic that you do, I think that people tend to see that as, oh, that's a talent versus this is a skill that you have. And so, and you might be talented. There often is a, a moment of Uh, growing pain where you know when you're little and you're maybe a little bit more gifted at art you draw and you just do something and you hold it up and everybody claps and tells you that you're just so good (laughs) and then there you know there comes a point as you get older where you start to hopefully you know you begin to desire to do work that's better and your talent maybe it doesn't run out but it It's not just covering over everything like maybe it once did and you kind of have that tension of, okay, am I going to sort of take this from the thing that I do in my free time or I'm going to start to really pour some work into this? And I think that's one of the biggest differences maybe between the perception of art as a vocation is I think that for a lot of people it can be their unwinding time and art is wonderfully therapeutic and that's a wonderful thing. But sometimes I almost feel a little bit, I don't know, guilty, whatever I see online. People are, they're doing a beautiful uh, drawing and they're like, oh, this is like, this is so great. I'm relaxing. And sometimes I'm like, oh man, like I have to stop to relax now, you know, right. like it's not my <laughs> my relaxation. Um, it's it's a skill and it's a job and the work gets better when you treat it that way. But I think especially whenever you're you're very young and you're first envisioning being an artist, you do have this wonderful idea of like, I'm going to live, you know, according to my inspiration, I, I don't, I, I'm going to be free from a schedule and from, you know, deadlines because I'm I'm going to be an artist and I'm just going to, I'm going to paint something whenever I get a wonderful burst of inspiration and right. everybody's going to love it. And like, sure, you have moments where it feels like that. You know, if I'm ever, I have a very low bar for that. If I'm in my studio, you know, after the sun has gone down and I've got like a cup of tea, I'm like, oh man, I'm really living that artistry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: But in the day to day, you do have to treat it like a job. You have to say, okay, I'm going to tell myself these are the hours that I'm going to work and I'm going to choose what ideas I'm going to follow through on and try to make a finished product. And then if you're selling, you know, do X with it, make a print, make a listing. Yes, You have to be a little bit more regimented. And, it, and and then you learn that, well, this is, it frees your mind. And I think it makes you more creative whenever you're being more disciplined around it.
0: That is so fascinating. Um, the world I come from is one of being a writer. And I know a lot of writers feel the same way that the discipline of just sitting down and being like, I'm going to write this many words today, even if it's garbage and I delete it all later, it's the practice that yes. allows <sighs> you to... Um, have that, like, yeah, the discipline of creating art. And that can look different for so many different things. But just showing up to do the work can mm-hmm. really make such a huge difference in in what your ultimate thing that you're creating is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of doing the work, you do have, I know you have an Etsy shop. I fell in love with your art when I found your um, Instagram because it is just, it's both whimsical, but also like beautifully realistic, um, so charming. And so I know right now it looks like one of your biggest focus focuses is on doing petrets, which yes, <laughs> are portraits of pets, water watercolor, right? Yeah, watercolor and gouache okay. is what I use. Okay, tell me how you got into this particular like little niche of creating art.
1: Yeah. I kind of didn't see this one coming uh, (laughs) with being what it is. Um, So after, after I was done with college, I was pretty burned out, honestly, creatively. I was definitely in a rut because for you again, in college, you sort of imagine that you're going to, you're going to be done with your art degree and you'll really have figured out who you are as an artist Mm. in those past four years. And that for me, that was not the case. I had used up all of my creative energy and then some doing assignments, which they were great for me. It was a wonderful learning opportunity. But at the end of it, I kept thinking, oh man, I can't wait to graduate and I'll be free to create the things I want to create. And then college ended and I was exhausted and I didn't have any ideas. It was partly like painter's block and partly what was worse was try- a little hard to find the desire to paint even just yeah. after that many years of using you know, so much creative energy Maybe not in the most creative way, and i had I'd mentioned we moved to Greenville. I had just gotten married, I had just moved at the same time I lived with my parents and then we got married and we went on our honeymoon and came back to our first apartment in a brand new city and I couldn't figure out why I was just so tired for like a whole year. <laughs>
0: That's a lot. That's a lot to exhaust anybody for sure. It was
1: a lot of things. I was like, I have to figure out how to like grocery shop. Like I I can't figure out what to paint. Um, And I I see that now at the time I was like, oh, what's wrong with me? But uh, other life things will drain your creative energy too. And I went to a coffee shop, the one where I ended up working with my notebook one day and I sat down and I was like, I should need to draw something. And I pulled up um, an Instagram page of Brussels sprout. He's this very cute little Brussels griffon, just wonderfully funny looking dog on Instagram that <laughs> I just loved. And I pulled him up and I did a little ink drawing and I liked that. And then I did a watercolor drawing of a friend's dog and noticed that people really enjoyed that. And my friend really loved it. Everyone's like, oh my goodness, that you know that's a dog that I know. And I was like, well, that's kind of interesting. And then a few months that Christmas, I got an invitation to come to the coffee shop where, where I had worked in Florence during college because uh-huh. I just kind of you know hopped from one shop to another um, to come back there and set up a little table for a Christmas fair. And it was a little bit last minute. So I didn't. And again, after coming off of a summer of a little bit of a creative drought, I, I didn't really have anything to put at my table. So I made prints of a couple of paintings that I had from college that I really liked. And then I was like, well, I just need like one more thing. And I got a little... um like leather bound watercolor notebook. And I did a, what would become a portrait of my brother and sister-in-law's, their dog and two cats. And I just put that on my table with a little piece of paper that had like, I think it was 20 spots that people could sign up if they wanted a pet portrait for Christmas. And a bunch of people tried to buy the notebook because I thought I was selling like, they were like, Oh, you made this notebook. I was like, no, it's from Hobby Lobby. <laughs> I want you to look at what's inside of it. Uh, And I did end up filling my little page with pet portraits. I was like, okay. So I did that. And then I did it kind of on and off for the next year. Um, Or more and more consistently for the next year. And then I opened my Etsy shop in March of 2020 when I was off of work for a few weeks. Yes, yes. And now here we are. I have a few different sizes. And that is the thing that keeps me busy in the studio
0: each week. That is – I love that story. I love when things just happen by kismet like that. Like, you know, there's (laughs) something that you – found yourself like, this is fun. This is inspiring to do this. And then as it turns out, it meets a need because listen, having dogs myself now, especially two Boston Terriers that are so naughty, but I just think they're the cutest (laughs) dogs ever that I can see how people, are they want to have something that is, you know, that kind of um, maybe in a, in a tangible way, represents like their big feelings they have for their pets. Um, I noticed as I was reading through some of your customer responses to your art that a lot of people were saying things like, you really captured the personality of this dog, which I think is really a big part of the gift of what you do. When you are when you do a Petret, do people just kind of send you a picture and are like, here's our dog? Or do they share stories around it? What does that process look like?
1: I I usually ask people if they can share with me a few stories and a few personality traits. It, it really makes such a difference. When you order, say I have a little box where you let me know, you know, I like to know the dog's name. I just, even if it's not going to be on the painting itself, I like to know. Um, and I ask people to send me Um, either a few pictures or if they have one really good picture, sometimes it's one just, you know, gorgeous photo. And I just translate that. And then sometimes it's because they're pets, which sometimes this is why you need the pet portrait. It's a few different angles and like, they're kind of looking, they're kind of not looking. (laughs) There's like some red eye and like, we kind of piece it together. Um, Sometimes with the help of Google images, if it's a purebred, I'm like, okay, well, I know what that breed looks like. So I can figure out what is isn't here. Um and I but my favorite is whenever somebody sends me just like the most amount of detail and when I know the story behind it and one thing that's just so sweet is probably at least half of my customers are getting pet portraits for their friends. I love being part of that. It's like a wedding gift or it's a birthday present or it's someone's dog has passed away mm. and then I kind of get to be a part of and just seeing a friend see that their friend's pet has passed away and just being present enough to kind of know what that means and send them a pet portrait. Like it just it melts my heart every time. And I love being a part of that because it's such a a tender thing to get to be
0: a part of. That's really beautiful. I'm going to start crying just thinking about it. But that really is. I know know me too. But like both, you know, both the big feelings around losing a part of your family that is your pet. And then also that, like, like you said, that your friends would be so tuned into how much this pet meant to you and then also how deep the loss is that they would um, find a way to really bring comfort in um, having you do a petrit for them. I just think that's so beautiful. I love yeah. that. And so do you find that as you get closer to the holidays that you start getting more orders or do you kind of have people just sprinkled in throughout the year that are like, you know what? It's time. I want a Petret now and here's my dog and let's do this.
1: <laughs> Christmas is definitely the busiest season. Okay. That is kind of like the big one. I'll start on my Instagram probably this week, maybe even today, encouraging people to go ahead and place a Christmas order. I closed down. Last year, I closed my shop at the very beginning of December. Mm. This year, I'm going to close it on November 20th to give myself time to do what usually it's probably like. At least half of all the orders I feel like I get in the year, at least last year I get in November. So it's a big a big Christmas thing for sure. And then I love that. I love that people are on Christmas morning. I'm like, Oh, I love it. There are people like around opening Yeah. These things that I've made. And I just love, I love when I get pictures of that or videos. Sometimes people send me and it just makes my day. And then throughout the year, it still is pretty consistent that people will be either it's a friend's birthday or they do want to do a memorial or they just are like, you know what? Today's the day. I've got these dogs and I've just got to have a painting of them right now. Yes.
0: (laughs) Totally! Oh, that's so cute. I love that. Um, before we wrap up, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot a little bit. I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this, but you know, we were talking about kids and art, and I know even in my friend group, people who as fully grown adults have decided either because they did want a relaxing hobby or they're just like, you know what? I always wanted to learn how to just draw or pick up a paintbrush. What are some like resources that you might point people towards either for kids or for grownups who want to, um, try their hand at making some art?
1: That's great. That's a really good question. Um, well, we do live in the age of the internet, so there's a lot of really wonderful things that you can find on there. I just recently as entertainment, me and my husband have been having a great time watching like animation yes. videos on YouTube yes. and they have like animation tutorials. Um we've been kind of playing around with that on our on our phones, yes. <laughs> like doing animation and there's a lot of resources you can find there. Um, A lot, depending on if you want to go more beginner or more academic, there are a lot of really fantastic artists on Instagram who will offer a course on their Patreon or either free courses or they often will have a link where they will teach you how to do either a master copy if you're really kind of looking for something to challenge yourself or they will have a simple study on how to mix your paints, how to set up your palette. So Instagram, YouTube is a wonderful place to go. And then a good old fashioned book is really honestly wonderful. Sometimes just having that piece of paper you can spread out next to your papers um, and having that in front of your face instruction, some of those old fashioned how to draw heads, how to draw bodies, get out the wooden mannequin and set it up in front of yourself. Like yes. that's always a great
0: option. Yeah. That's so good to know. Um, my, for Christmas this past year, my husband, who was started out life as an art major, uh, his first year of college, um, he still, you know, is, can still, even though it's been years ago, he can go back into that world. And so we went to a local art supply shop to get a whole basket filled with art supply goodies for my daughter. And one of the things he got her was the uh, wooden hand uh, model (laughs) to practice that. So, oh my gosh, I don't know anything about, you know, what supplies are best for what, but just being in the art supply shop, I was like, oh my gosh, I could spend so much money in here.
1: (laughs) I know it's, I get so overwhelmed. I will say that I, one of my favorite mediums that I think is underrated for beginning artists is gouache. It's spelled G-O-U-A-C-H-E. A lot of people have not heard of it, but essentially it is like watercolor paint, but you can greatly adjust the opacity on it, which means that when you're watercolor painting, if you make something too dark, that's kind of it. You really can't make it lighter with gouache. You actually can even use white gouache and you can add highlights and you can lighten things up and you kind of get to have that experience of almost oil painting um, with learning your lights and darks, but you just clean your brushes. You just swish them around in water. There's no mess. They're super portable. If they dry on your palette, you just get your brush wet and keep on going and keep using them. And I think nobody has heard of them a lot of times who I speak to. And I think they every beginner should just get a set of gouache and just go for it.
0: That is a great idea. I have to tell you, and I've mentioned on Sort of Awesome before, that one of the ways I like to relax is watching um, on YouTube people who do artistic bullet journal spreads oh my goodness. and just watching how they put their spread together. And I've noticed a lot of the ones that I like, um, they do gouache on their bullet journal spreads. Oh, that's and they great. So beautiful. Um, but it, it, it's funny that you said that you feel like that would be great for a beginner because again, me, the non-artist, I see people doing that. I'm like, oh my gosh, I could never do that. But hearing you say like, no, give it a try. Just play around with it. That's very inspiring. I might just have to do that for myself. You should. It's so much fun. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Well, Jordan Lee, thank you so much for taking the time to come and just share a little bit of your story and your art. And if it's okay with you, we would love to share some of your work on sort of awesome social media so people can enjoy this too. Yes, of course. All right, so if people want to find you, where's the best place to go to find you and your work?
1: Best place to find me is Instagram. I am very active on there. I try to post multiple times a week, and that's where I put most of all the petrads that I do. They go on my Insta. You can look at all the cute puppies with me. Let me share the yes. love. <laughs> that's like the best part <laughs> is I get all these like messages with these oh adorable dogs. I'm like oh my goodness, so cute. Um, so yes. that is J Lee Tellis Art. It is J dot l-e-i-g-h dot t-e-l-l-i-s dot art I have a very long okay. name and then <laughs> if you want to check out some of my my work if you want to look into getting a pet portrait and hopefully very soon some prints dog breed prints i want to have those up in time for christmas um it mm-hmm. is jltellus.etsy.com.
0: Thank you so much for sharing a little of your story with us. This has been truly awesome to get to talk to you today. All right. Well, awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see y'all next time. Seeking the truth never gets old.